because that's what is available in the city. Um, and now I'm feeling a renewed passion about what I can do. So I've always known that I'm gonna give back to my city in what ways. Um, and I felt like I needed to grow myself first, which is why I went through, you know, undergrad and now grad school. Um, I wanna come back and I'm gonna create a, a wraparound clinic to, you know, offer services to the Trenton community. So that's an after school program. Um, also in a place where they can do, you know, simple health exams, um, you know, learn some uh, financial management, things of that nature. But that you mentioned, you know, we have so many churches in, in the area and I and I just thought, wow, my grandfather's a pastor. We have a church, you know, like, why has it, you know, why haven't I brought this up? Why hasn't this been an idea that has been in the working that's coming to fruition for having a, an after school program there? And so now that you mention it, it just seems so much easier for me now to like, what can I do? How can I put this into play? Because I see it happening. I see the I see the end goal because I know this is what needs to happen. Um, and so just moving forward with getting to that now is, is the renewed passion I feel. Mm, great. Um, I think, I mean, I'm just working personally on not being bogged down by the emotionality of it, right? Um, and so, as someone who, you know, is white and comes from affluence and, you know, has basically been given everything that a person could ask for, it's very hard to reckon with the dissonance of what other people have. Um, and so I am accepting that that's a journey and that it's not going to happen overnight and I'm not going to feel better about it, you know, with a quick fix. Um, and I just want to issue the challenge to other white people to face this. I think a lot of times, as soon as we start feeling a little bit uncomfortable about our whiteness, about our money, about whatever, we just back off the issue. Because it does feel bad and it does feel uncomfortable. And I just want to urge people to push through that and and to hear how important it is to push through that. Um, and to know that it doesn't have to be some horrible crisis wherein you, you know, learn to hate yourself and everything that you've ever been given, mm. because that's not going to have a positive outcome either. Exactly. That's not going to improve relationships. That's not going to lead to change. That's just going to make you feel worse and probably back further off the issue. Um, so <laughs> it sounds like you have something, to, or it seems like you have something to add to that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just want to push people to to challenge themselves to go through that process because I think that that's what's going to lead to change and you need change. Mm -hmm. I, I do want to jump in there. And um, this is not, an, you know, as, as a person of color, uh, a black man, um, I don't think anybody wants anyone to feel bad. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't think that that's what it is. Mm -hmm. I, I think that for so long it's just been, hey, listen to me. Mm -hmm. Just hear what mm -hmm. I have to say. Yeah. And when you hear what I have to say, Treat me in the same manner that you would want to be treated. That's it. We're not expecting anyone to come in with, um, you know, a bunch of money to fix everything with money. That's not it. It's it's more to do with the responsibility of, hey, we're all human beings. Let's just treat each other with that same respect and dignity. And if we can get that done, all I think a lot of the other stuff will kind of fade away. And of course, there's going to be fringe people who, who say, no, I, I want these particular things and I want these people to feel what, what, what I felt. Or I understand that. But I think that when we think about it realistically, let's just start with the basic things. Let's just treat everyone with the same respect 
um, regardless of their, their gender identity, their sexual relationships or pre- preferences, the, the way they, uh, they worship or don't worship. Let's just, we're all human beings. We all need to eat. We all need water. We all need shelter. Let's start there, and I think a lot of the other issues that we have will, will simply start fading away. And is it pie in the sky? Possibly. But that's how I truly feel. All right. Yeah, and, and just piggybacking off of what you're saying, I mean, what's coming to my mind, my mind is that, that kind of Christian teaching of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I just think it's such a stark contrast to the way that many people who maybe even profess to be Christian in our society that don't operate with that very basic guiding principle, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then, you know, for just, you know, when we were talking about our own experiences here, I, I know similar to Shannon, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand the concept of privilege until I went to Rutgers School of Social Work and took a class called Diversity and Oppression that taught me about my own privilege, that taught me about the societal structures that have oppressed, you know, black people for decades, you know, I think that is such, for me, that is such a crucial, crucial thing. I don't understand why that was only in a master's level social work curriculum. How beautiful would it be if we learned about these things when we were younger in school? Mm-hmm. You know, even in progressive institutions, I don't think they, they maybe they talk about it more, but I, I don't know if they have an entire class that's focused on that. And I just think that that to me would be such a wonderful place to start. Like if we could add it into a curriculum mandated in the state of New Jersey, there used to be a mandate about Holocaust education. I would tour and and I would teach kids about the Holocaust. And, you know, in that was tolerance and hatred and and those concepts, but make it more than just like a one hour program you bring in, but maybe like a semester long, a year long endeavor. Yeah. Then it gets into the idea of, you know, how young is too young to, to know the history, you know, because in the public school education, they give you what they want you to know. Mm. And you have to follow it this way, and then you get tested on it, even though it's not taught to you the same way you don't understand that. So you have to go to college, and you have to take those, um, what's it, the electives, Mm -hmm. those electives to really find out, you know, what you want to know. Mm -hmm. And so that's also how I got to this point. I took those electives, you know, America from 1965 to now, like black women in history, you know, mm-hmm. those those classes that really taught me about myself as well as like my ancestors, the history of America. But you have to want to know those things, you know, and, and I agree that it should be something that's mandated, something that is mandatory to learn about the history of America, because right now America is only letting you know what they want you to mm-hmm. know. And they're taking out what is becoming um uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but you have to be uncomfortable to bring about change and so now you can't even read what's um to kill a mockingbird Mm -hmm. to kill a mockingbird has been taken out of school because it brings about uh racial awareness it's uncomfortable for some people and it's like well that's what's happening today it's very relevant even though the book was written maybe more than 50 years ago Mm -hmm. so why isn't this part of the education that we should know and i feel like that's also a a divisive um tool Mm -hmm. I would love for this kind of curriculum to be accessible to parents because I think just having, you know, been a part of the public school system, change is, feels impossible. It's very slow. I would love to say let's mandate this class in middle schools, but it feels very pie in the sky. But to mm-hmm. create a curriculum where you could teach your kids about the history, where you could teach your kids about diversity and oppression 
and make it publicly accessible because, you know, parents can access curriculums on sex education, on health and wellness, on like those things are available publicly via, you know, parenting websites and, you know, health.org or whatever. Um, I just think that would be so valuable. And again, it's going to be the people that are seeking it out. Um, it's not going to come naturally, but maybe it'll spread. Mm. Um, so when I hear that, and I, I'm not sure of how old all of you are, but I would assume that I'm considerably older. Don't assume. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll talk afterwards about that. Um, so what, I, I love what you're all saying, and it makes so much sense. So from a practical sense, and because I'm focused on trying um, I think, okay, is this something that I think I could pull off? Could I get the social capital together to do this and maybe seek some funding? And I think it's possible. Um, the next thought that I have is we, I would assume that all four of us and, and our families come from what would be considered, considered uh, progressive families, like seeking, families that are seeking information and knowledge, education is important, etc. Um, how do you reach an audience that may not be as progressive in thinking with trying to... Um, further their education, or education's not the focal point. And I say that because, uh, so in Trenton, we've got uh, approximately 80,000 people. Um, we have a large and growing Latino-Hispanic population that we don't really have full understanding of. And even within the different communities from the different countries, there's still some conflict. Like, there's not a lot of communication that happens. Um, but we also have uh, high levels of poverty. And if someone has concerns about basic needs, um, food, um, shelter, um, no internet access, how do, you, how do you reach them? And how do you do it in a manner where they're comfortable and willing to absorb that information and then share it and adopt it? So I, I don't want it to sound like, like there's this huge mountain in front of us and it can't be done because I'm, I'm definitely that an eternal optimist. But I think that there are some of the realities that we have to think about with any steps that we go forward. And it may just be, well, hey, let's put it out there and identify the people who are in that demographic and see where that goes. I'm not sure. I was actually going to say that it might be just to put it out to those who are interested and then watch the change bring about more change. So if we've got a curriculum for the parents or even, you know, who are who have sought out um, some sort of change, once they see the children changing, the children start to have a different conversation. And now they go home and, and they're talking to their parents, well, so-and-so said this and so-and-so said that. And now, you know, I know for my mom, if I came home and told her, you know, something that's not too true or something that she wasn't too sure about you know she's going to look into it she wants to know you know where did you get this from where did that person get it from and why did they say it to you you mm -hmm. know and so I feel like once the kids start talking about you know the changes that they see in their lives and they start bringing it to their families that that'll probably bring more change and even just being able to look up certain things mm -hmm. okay I see where that came from or mm, let's look a little bit more when you're not too sold on the option or the idea I think there is a lot of hope in the younger generation. I think that, um, and it's it's probably you know sort of in the like fourteen to twenty one. You know, it's it's not kids who are um, really super heightened in their awareness towards this. But with you know this new administration, I think there was an awakening, and I think that um, hopefully they'll carry that through. 
Um, and it sounds a little pessimistic to say like, well, we'll just wait for the older generation to yeah. stop <laughs> participating. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And, and that gives me hope um, mm. in, in something that I sometimes struggle to find hope in. Um, and so I think to focus on teenagers, you know, if we can bring it back to after school programs, like bringing this kind of exposure or, or whatnot to those places. Um, and like you said, if you target the kids, they're going to take it home. Yeah, and we're seeing now more of a mobilization with our youth across the country than we, we have mm -hmm. in, in such a long time. So I feel like it's, it's such a valuable resource to tap into, you know, to bring them in on it, just to not be a part of those being educated, but they themselves can become the educators to give them the power, you know, um, to do trainings with them to then also take that information and, and disperse it amongst the community where they can also be leading the charge and they can be part of the voice ringing out where people would be more inclined to listen to them, mm. I feel. Yeah. I think there really is something to be said for the sort of like ignorant teenager who hasn't been beaten down yet, you know, and thinks they can accomplish anything and thinks that their voice is super important and needs to be heard because I know with this having been something that I've been passionate about for a while, like I'm starting to feel like people are sick of hearing from me. You know, even people that I consider progressive in my family, they're like, all right, there goes Shannon again at the dinner table. Um, but young people don't feel that way. Young people are going to talk and rant and, and all that. And so I think if we can push that. And there's a much larger platform with, with the younger people, too. Um, you know, social media is at its all-time high in regard to delivering information. But even to younger generations, like my little sister, she's always on YouTube watching these videos of other people doing stuff. And I'm like, why don't you just go out and do those things? Mm -hmm. But, you know, yeah. so, you know, there's there's a platform at all levels, especially in regard to social media and um, mass spreading of information. I think that they will be the ones, you know, to be able to be like, follow my page and it has this, 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 and this, you know, and you get to see, you get to choose your options of what you want to know, what you want to find out. Um, and other people who are like you or who are unlike you that are just interesting enough to want to look into. And I think to your point of like, how do we reach these people who are maybe, you know, have a bit of a wall up or are not seeking it. Or don't have the access. Absolutely. Um, I think if we can just sort of think of it as, as like a smaller task, like if you can find one person in your life who you feel like would benefit from this information, if you strike up a conversation with somebody, you know, that you just sort of meet haphazardly in the sense that they might you know, want more information. Like, if everyone can find one person, that snowball effect should should take hold. Mm -hmm. Now, um, the final question um, for me is, uh, we've been talking about some sensitive, com um, com the conversation's been sensitive, mm -hmm. sensitive topics. Uh, we've been very candid, um, sharing um, personal experiences. Um, sticking with that, for the people who are uncomfortable with hearing this, and there's going to be people from all different backgrounds who are going to be mm -hmm. uncomfortable with having and hearing this conversation, um, what would you like to say to them to kind of ease them, the trepidation they may have, et cetera? Et cetera. And I'll kind of lead into this and just say that um, nothing that I do is ever intended to harm anyone. Mm -hmm. That is completely the furthest thing from me. 
Um, I've, I've been recently saying that I was, um, I'm probably Quaker at heart, <laughs> you know, because I'm just, I'm just like, look, I, I know what it feels like to, to be hurt, whether physically or emotionally, and I don't want that on anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so to the folks who, who may be um, questioning, you know, the motives and things, that's not my intent at all. I truly just want us to come together as human beings and say, what can we do together collectively mm-hmm. that's really going to benefit all of us? And if not all of us, at least more than them, mo- most of us, the majority. Um, so that's, that's where my focus is. Mm-hmm. So anyone want to chime in? I mean, I think, unfortunately, you have to have the uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk, if we shy away from talking about things like racial is- issues and diversity and all that kind of stuff, then nothing's going to change. You know, I... I, I don't know if it's idealistic or, or what, but, you know, I just feel like life is uncomfortable, right? Um, life is messy. These are, you know, I think you need to try to find that safe space. Start with people who you know are safe and you, that you have a comfort level with where you can start to express your concerns and then you just have to kind of stem out from there and you have to test the waters. And I think, you know, like you said, I mean, you, in an ideal situation, you'll lead with, you know, a pure heart, malintent, you know, it's really the intention that you come forth with. So I feel comfortable that if I could have a conversation that you're going to know where my heart is and whether I may say something not meaning to be offensive or not meaning to be untoward, you know, that, that where my intention lies is to want to better myself, to better, you know, the people around me, to better the world. Um, I think I think your intention can take you a long way in having those conversations, and you have to find kind of the comfort in that to allow yourself to go there. I think that's absolutely the most important thing, and that's really what I was going to say is, you know, like the best that I, advice that I can give is you need to be strong and confident in knowing that you know where your heart is and trust that, you know, whether or not other people perceive that right off the bat, you know, if you mess up, if you say something offensive, if you say something without thinking, you're gonna fix it because that's still where your heart is. You know, trust that if other people are also dedicating themselves to these conversations, they're not looking to start a fight or to feel hurt or to, you know, instigate issues. They're also looking to to make a difference in a positive way and at the end of the day, if you if you know your intentions and you know where your heart is, know that you're still going to mess up, but you're going to make it right. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that's what what's going to make a difference. Yeah, I agree totally. I think um, you have there's growth and discomfort, mm-hmm. and so even as a teenager, when you go through that awkward phase of men for your voice cracking and ladies for your bodies changing, you know that was uncomfortable for you to experience at the time, but it brought you to where you are now. And so everything in life is on a trajectory, and it might not feel good while it's happening, but you have to be willing to learn and willing to you know want more for yourself. Um, and in that regard, just live in that discomfort. You know, like why? Why does that make me feel bad? Or let's move forward to see what more I can you know learn about myself or about this feeling that has me you know here. How can I get out of that uncomfortable space? And I feel like nothing has changed in a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Nothing has changed without you know the help of 
people who are unlike ourselves. So in regard to slavery, you know, that didn't get abolished, you know, without the help of some white folk who thought, you know, actually, slavery is not a good thing. Civil rights movement, we were marching, we were doing all that we could, but it was not until, you know, we've got some help from the outside, you know, we saw that we were hurting not only the supposed other but people who look like ourselves in the same way and so if we get on a, a common ground of wanting the same things or at least wanting to know about the same things um then that'll be the the greatest place to start yeah i think you make a really important point that like white people under need to understand how important their role is this is not an issue that they don't have you know any stake in and they can be really valuable allies. You know, this is not something that one group is gonna change by itself. And if you understand like what you have to bring to the table and how important your presence is in this conversation, then maybe you'll be urged to push through the discomfort. Well, I want to thank you all very much. This has been an awesome introduction to you. Um, again, I always lean back on Shannon, and she's the one who initiated this, but I barely know Shannon. So, so this is awesome. But I think that this is, um, this is where we are culturally, truly. And although we, we have identified some very tough things, I think what we're doing has so much impact. And with technology, we're going to be able to, to distribute this to a multitude of different people. And um, as this progresses, I've got some pretty, pretty creative ideas of how we can get more eyes on this and um, hopefully make an impact on the community, not only in our own communal lives, but also on the lives of those um, in this region and uh, this capital region, as they uh, like to call it. Okay, mm -hmm. so thank you all very much. Thanks. So um, in closing, uh, I just wanted to give everyone opportunity to share a bit about, you know, what led up to this time of us coming together, um, the time that we spent together, and then what the future looks like. And, and um, just me personally, um, when just before I met Shannon, I was uh, through a connection at McCarter, you know, McCarter Theater. Um, I went to the Princeton Slavery um, performance and uh, had been doing a decent amount of research on that, which led to a subsequent Not In Our Town meeting um, where I had met Shannon. And uh, one of the things that I brought up there was uh, the importance of us doing more than just gathering, you know, for events, because it happens all the time. You know, people are fired up, you know, something stimulated them, and I'm going to this meeting, and, and I'm going to make a difference. And then, you know, you hear all these wonderful things, and then, uh, nice to meet you, and you're off into your own little silo, your own little world, and nothing happens until the next thing that comes around that gets you excited. Um, so kudos to Shannon because she made it clear that she wanted to talk, and and um, you know spiritually, I think that there was uh, some forces that made it a little difficult for us to get together, and we were able to finally, and even when we got together, um, you know, we had a. a initial start of a bad experience yeah. um, for lunch, that, um, which I won't, uh, but I do want you to know that, and, and we'll talk about it in the, another time, but it was, the township handled themselves very well. Oh, good. It was very surprising. We got phone calls and follow-up, it was great. I'm glad to hear it. But, yeah, but um, but now we're sitting in, and I've been introduced to the both of you, and, and part of our connection is that my daughter currently goes to Stewart. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so she's moving probably right in the same vein of you, which is which is pretty awesome. And then also to connect with you, Jay, um, and to hear a bit about your background um, and, and the fact that you're an artist. 
Um, and uh, you don't often find artists who make that transition from the creative side to, and I hate saying the intellectual side, but making that, that adjustment to the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to not only use my experience, but my platform. Um, because I think that people who are in entertainment and art are some of our biggest celebrities now. I mean, technically we have our president. Is is and he's an artist. Um, that's really what he is. <laughs> I always try to stay as neutral as possible and keep my, my personal thoughts off to the side. Um, but um, but yeah, so um, I'm hopeful about uh, this conversation and this developing relationship and friendship um, because uh, I, I fully believe that you know as an eternal optimist that yeah, there's there's just the drop of water in here, but look how much room we have. You know, we've got a lot of potential and. Um, the fact that we've been able to come together, that we're using some technology, that we come with uh, great intentions, as you both of all of you have said, I think that we've got an opportunity to uh, at least help push that boulder a little bit. And I think that uh, oftentimes that's what I think culturally we forget, that maybe it's not that we have to build something and push something and send it national. Let's just start small. Let's just, mm -hmm. the four of us, Let's get this boulder moving in some direction and invite people to come and be a part of it um, and let it uh, organically grow into whatever it is. So I went over my little bit of time that I wanted to allot, but I'd like for you all to say a little bit about like your final thoughts in any particular order. I really enjoyed the, the conversation here. Um, I'm definitely an optimist in the same way. Um, I like to hear different points of view, so it was good just you know to hear where you guys we're coming from and how you got to this point now um, and I just encourage everybody who is not um, at a place of I guess social justice awakening um, to kind of move towards it because at the end of the day we're all human and we all have the right to education the right to be our best selves um, and I want to offer the ability to be your best self to everyone not I don't want it to be you know limited to who can afford it or you know who has the ability the resources to catch it it should be a natural occurrence and i just want us to get to to a point where you know being yourself is acceptable to the rest of the world for me i um one of my biggest takeaways is that i still have a lot to learn you know when you pose that initial question about you know the how I felt about the education system in Trenton or, the, or the, you know, what's been going on there. And I really have no clue. And I think normally, sometimes in our human nature, we, we kind of shy away from things we're unfamiliar with because of discomfort, you know, and not wanting to feel stupid. But, it, but being a part of this conversation has helped me understand that I still have a lot to learn, that there are people around who can educate me, mm. and that I can still play a role and I can still have a voice in that conversation. Um, and maybe become an agent of change in some small way. Well, I just want to thank you guys for all coming and doing this. I know it took a long time to get it together, but you know I've been excited about it. So thank you for taking the time out of your Sunday. Um, and I just want to urge you know everyone to to not be overwhelmed by the enormity of the issue because I think that's something that's bogged me down a lot and bogs down a lot of people who, like you said, come to these events and talk and feel good for a little while but then when they leave it's it just feels like too big of an issue to actually take part in and to just you know find small things in your life that you can do to connect with other people to bring about you know 
positive change in, in the lives of the people that are near you or maybe not so closely related to you. It doesn't have to be that you go and start your own nonprofit and, you know, save the neighborhood. It can just be that you're, you know, introducing yourself to people that you aren't really familiar with or, or that you're helping to, you know, educate someone who maybe is, is needing a little bit of a push in the right direction. Just find small, manageable tasks. I'm a big proponent of small, <laughs> manageable tasks that you could complete in your everyday life. And I think if we all do that, um, we'll, we'll reach some change. All right, well, thank you all for your time. I appreciate it.